This show is a part of the Versus the Universe Network. For more information on Versus the Universe, go to VersusTheUniverse.com. That's VSTheUniverse.com. Did you just burp into the mic? A tiny bit. Weird. Liz, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time of the year it is? Summertime. Almost. Springtime. Almost. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's E3 time. Yeah. It's not Christmas. Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year. I don't know, man. It's it's a it's up there. You get like some good movies around right. Christmas. We're always going to have... buy your own presents this time. <laughs> E3 is a lot like Christmas, except I end up going to, into debt buying things for me. Yeah. Although sometimes I like to say that it's for us because that'll help me justify a purchase. You do like to say that. I really like to be like, I got us this game. Right. But... It's single player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Whatever. Liz, E3 is legitimately one of my favorite times of the year. Ever since we started dating, I've brought you in on this amazing tradition. Yeah, this is this was my third time watching the E3. Well, specifically the Sony presser. Mm-hmm, because it's the best one. Right. It's, it's always a conference of dreams. I remember vividly my first Sony presser from E3, just like it was yesterday. There was Jet's Pizza. There was Jet's Pizza. It was, you were living in, in your in-between apartment from yeah. when we already started dating, but I, it was too soon to move in. I was in Ravenswood. Yeah. And uh, you had this party and you made these bingo cards. Yep. And I was like, who is this person? <laughs> We've been dating for six months. What is this? Yeah. And uh, they announced that they were going to remake Final Fantasy VII. Oh, my God. At this Oh, it was amazing. Conference. And it was like maybe the first time I ever saw you cry. <laughs> I think that's what it was. <laughs> but, yeah, every year I, I gather a bunch of people together. I make a bingo card for things that we want to see announced at E3. Right. Um, this also, year... Mm-hmm. I just want to say, at that first E3, I think is when they they first unveiled... A little game called Horizon Zero Dawn. A game which is now your favorite game of all time. And I fell instantly in love. And then I was like, I can't give myself to this yet. I need to wait and see. (laughs) And then I waited for two and a half long years. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to mention that that happened also. Worth the wait though, right? Totally worth the wait. And that's why E3 is like a place of dreams. There's no lies at E3. Oh, there's plenty of lies There's no lies. There are so many lies. There's dreams. Aspirations are, are... cast aside in favor of getting people hyped up and i love it because everybody there is excited for the same reason they're going to see some cool games and people are going to unite and be just like hyped for the next few months i really really love e3 it is the pinnacle of commercialization but I, but like i really I, it's you, just, you just love that it's, you it's gotta fun. just love the commercialization. Well, like, as someone that works in sales and marketing i can also appreciate how they spool up their FTL engines for hyping all these games at yeah. once. It's, it's like how I appreciate a beautiful lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. It's like how you watch Law and Order and you're like, damn, that's good. No, that's not my reaction, <laughs> actually. Uh, so we thought for this episode, we would watch all of the E3 press conferences. There's EA, Sony, Microsoft, Ubisoft, uh, Nintendo. Uh, and we would talk about all the games that we saw that were co-op. And discuss the ones that we like, yeah. ones that we think are stinkers. Um, 
there's never a ton of co-op games, but I feel like there's a solid crop of co-op games that came out. Right. Not a ton, but a solid crop. Similar to this show in general, we're talking like co-op and co-op adjacent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the first conference. Well, let's... Oh, we have to start. We haven't even clinked. Shall we begin? We shall. Let's do it. Welcome to the Cooperatives Podcast with the real-life human couple, Liz and Aaron. Hi. Where we will discuss the joys and sorrows of cooperative gaming with a significant other. Today we're talking B4. What? How dare you? How D7. Dare, how dare you do this? Wait. This is rude as hell. I was about Wait. to give you John Cena music for saying it right. A1. No. Damn it, Liz. No. We're talking about... E... E... I just imagine like a giant like E3 costume character bursting through the wall. Right. It's you. It's you in that E3 costume that you have. Yeah, I forgot. Now everybody knows. Yeah, we do have that. It's very felt. We don't have have that. I took our vacation money and I bought a giant costume character E3 doll. Yeah. Yeah. I fit inside it and I, I go out in the streets of Chicago and I hype people up about E3. Yeah. Yeah. We're still together. <sighs> we'll see. Liz, E3. What is E3? E4. Liz, it's not called E4. What is it called? You've sunk my battleship. No, that's a different game. It's way different. We're talking about the Electronic Entertainment Exposition. Why don't we just call that E3 for short? All right, we'll call it E3. That's what it's called, Liz. Okay. That's what it's called. Let's call it E3. We're going to call it E3. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about it. All so, right, fine. We began yes. our E3 2017 experience. And wait, can I just say, this has been on the calendar since last E3. It has. I'm, I did not put it there. No, but like I made sure that we didn't have anything going on just so we could watch all of these. And I regret nothing. Oh, and, and Bethesda. Bethesda had a conference, but there Bethesda was nothing. Bethesda had a good conference. I'm adding that to my they list. They had a good conference, but they didn't really have any co-op. Games. Well, we're just we'll just it's on my list now. Yeah, so. all right. Yeah, because I I will I will not miss a chance to talk about Wolfenstein. So anyway, the first conference yes. that we remotely attended, mm-hmm. June tenth, two thousand seventeen. Yes, the EA Play Conference, the Electronic Arts Play Conference. That's correct. Oh man, Liz, what a stinker! What a I stinker actually, of a like, conference. Don't remember anything about it. So. EA, they produce a lot of uh, a lot of the more popular franchises. They own Bioware, which is one of our favorite yeah. studios. We were anxiously oh. awaiting. No, the Anthem trailer. Wasn't there an Anthem trailer? They had a teaser, but oh. then they showed more of it at Microsoft. So, so, so. They own a ton of franchises, but they also don't really go hard for E3. Like, they showed off a lot of FIFA, a lot of Madden, which are co-op, but those have been the same game for 15, 20 years now. Yeah, Ugh. I didn't even know they were co-op. Shoot. Well, I mean, like one person could be a wide receiver, the other person could be a quarterback, and yeah, whatever. I guess it's just soccer. like real teams. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just yeah, sports virtually. Right. Um. So there's. I only have one thing written down from yeah. the EA Play conference. The the one thing of note, which is actually the most 
exciting co-op game to come out of this year's E3, I think. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the most anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called A Way Out. And it is a cooperative prison escape and maybe exploration game. Yeah. So A Way Out, man. Like, So who, uh, who made that? So A Way Out is developed by Starbreeze Studios. It was... Uh, these are the guys that made Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which is really just a fantastic game where uh, it's co-op, but it's co-op with one person. You're you're playing Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, but you're controlling both of the brothers with different thumbsticks. It's it's a very short, very, very nice game. Like, yeah, it looks really neat, although that that sharing one or like working with one controller yourself to control two different characters is like terrifying to me yeah it's it's very odd that sounds really hard so the director of that game Joseph Fares, he came uh up with this idea a way out where it's like Liz said essentially a prison break game and EA said we really like your vision from brothers we want to publish this game and it looks like they're putting a ton of backing behind it, it looks great yeah it looks really interesting so basically in the like extended trailer Mm -hmm. that they showed there are two gentlemen who are both in prison and it's it is a couch co-op right so you're meant to play it on the couch with another person there is an online option because i can't imagine ea would ever publish a game that didn't have online Mm -hmm. but it is meant to be played on the same couch okay so there's a split screen i Mm -hmm. guess it's split screen the entire time right and then each one of you has the a one character's perspective. Yeah. So like one of you is the guy in the blue jumpsuit. One of you is the guy in the tan jumpsuit. Blue jumpsuit is like coming into the prison and tan jumpsuit has already been there. And you see him kind of taking in the conversations around him. Whereas the new guy like doesn't really have a lot of context for everything yet. And you're, but what I'm curious to see is I guess both of the players sitting on the couch are really absorbing all of this information Mm -hmm. together so even though you're only controlling one person, you work together with all the information you have between the two characters to break out of prison. Yeah, so you'll definitely all have the same amount of information, but there are sequences where like it's a prison break game. One guy has to distract a guard, and the other guy has to sneak behind the guard and like steal a laundry bag or a laundry basket and hide there while the person who is distracting finally gets the laundry basket and then wheels it out. Yeah. So it's it's supposed to be made up of these small vignettes that are very compact uh objective-wise. Right. But it's then, in sort of like puzzles. Yeah, yeah, but you you absolutely need to talk it out, work together and be mindful of what the other person is doing. And it looks beautiful. Right. It looks really cool. And in the trailer they show some scenes of them out of prison. So I'm curious like what the story is going to be. I'm so worried that they like blew their load with that trailer and they showed us way too much because like I don't know. I'm curious if that means they actually get out like in the first quarter of the game and that it's about more than just just the escape. I think the name A Way Out is mm-hmm. pretty open-ended. It's like, you can get out of the prison, but are you really out of that life? Yeah, it's like that. Damn. There's a sequence where they have one person driving a car and the other person is in the back of this hatchback, like trying to fend off police. Yeah. And that is exactly what I want in a co-op game. One person has a different set of responsibilities and yeah. the, than the other person. And there's stakes. It's like the pilot and the gunner. Yeah, it's it's just... I want more games like this to be made. And you see a lot more of these types of games being made low budget on PC and Steam, but 
it's so rare that you see a studio like EA put a lot of money behind it and give it E3 press time. It's so cool Yeah, to see. yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see if this sort of opens a window for a certain type of game to become more popular. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have anything else from EA. We mentioned, well, we can actually segue into Anthem because there's a... You're they just had like a, dying to talk about Anthem. No, here's why. So there was a te- there was a teaser for a new game coming out mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. Bioware called Anthem. And the next conference that is on my list of conferences is the Microsoft conference, which was the next day. And that is the conference where they did the fuller trailer for Anthem. And just to preface, Anthem is the same studio that makes Dragon Age, my favorite series of all time, Mass Effect, a series which you are like knee deep in right now yeah i am i still think i prefer dragon age just because i like it more but mass effect is really good and fun and i'm in the third one now Mm -hmm. um mass effect 4 andromeda came out earlier this year it's funny because i i got you that game as a gift and i remember at the time i was like she hasn't gotten to the highs. I haven't of, even started, well, basically. And, yeah. and it makes me feel so good that you do want to play it now, because I was like, man, I don't want to make it look like I'm forcing this game on her, but I know you're going to like it. So Basically, Bioware, I'm sold on. Yeah. So, so that's Anthem. Yeah. So Bioware is the studio that made Anthem, and Anthem is an MMO, right? It's a, Yeah. It, MMO is... When I think of MMO, I think of like World of Warcraft. I think of Anthem more like Destiny, where there's like a persistent world. And right. It's, but it still is a massively multiplayer online environment, isn't it? Yeah, I guess MMO third-person shooter. Like, when I think of well, Warcraft, I think of MMORPG. Yeah, I think that's different than just an MMO. Yeah. But anyway, this this game is looks similar to Destiny, but Destiny is a first-person shooter. And in, it's prettier than Destiny. Well, right, and it, it's newer, and it hurts to say that. Um, it's prettier than than my than my. Destiny girl. is a game that I that Aaron loves and plays a lot, mm-hmm. and I haven't had a chance to play it as much. I've enjoyed it when I did, but I'm still not 100 percent in love with the first person shooter experience. And what's so great about Anthem? One of the things is that it looks like it's a third person, and it it distinguishes itself a little bit from destiny in that you're in these like mech suits, Mm -hmm. which they're very tight fits. We both got this like (laughs) feeling of claustrophobia when they showed somebody getting into the suit. It was really interesting because this trailer starts and we've heard sort of mixed things about the concept of Anthem. Like there was a little bit of drama about, they pulled people from different studios, specifically people who were working on the mass effect franchise and they moved them over to Anthem, and I was a little worried that they were like, oh, we just want to be in this MMO thing that is like so trendy and it's making people lots of money and that's what we're going to do now. And so both of us, I think, were pretty hesitant when we started watching it. And I remember, (laughs) like, you see them get into this suit. I know exactly what you're going to say. Like, this, this character in the trailer walks up to this cliff and Aaron says... Well, see, it's just like, and then the person in the suit jumps off the cliff and goes flying through the air. And you were like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, so the prospect of being able to fly in these like crazy mech suits oh, is really cool. So cool. Like, it looks like a game where if you see it, you can go to it. And that's been a big trend in games. That was the big Skyrim thing. Mm-hmm. If you see a mountain in a distance, you can walk to it. But one of the things that Destiny doesn't do that great is. 
a lot of their worlds, a lot of their hubs are disconnected. But in Anthem, if I know that there's a quest five miles away, I don't need to go back to orbit and then have the game take me somewhere. I can just fly there. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really neat. I mean, Gunplay it's looks obviously, very nice, too. It's really early. It's hard to tell. Um, but I was very, like, before going into it, I was kind of nonplussed about mm-hmm. the whole concept. And now I'm solidly going to pre-order. Yeah. Um, I'm a little sad that they have this, like, weird exclusivity thing with Microsoft. Just because I think it's going to be, there's yeah. going to be less, like, swag at the beginning for us. We PlayStation people. Yeah, they... A lot of people have been asking me specifically, like, are you going to buy an Xbox One X, just the new console, to play Anthem? And I'm like, it would have to be some incredibly exclusive loot. Like, you would almost have to give me, like, a whole third of a game. Yeah. Like, I, and a lot uh. of the stuff that you see Destiny do with their exclusive marketing with Microsoft is, like, you get an exclusive gun right. or a, a PvP map. And that stuff makes a little bit of difference, but... I want to play the beta first and see that the game is good. Right. Also, we would we'll have say. to, like, we have PlayStations in two rooms in our house. Oh, there's no way we're right buying now. two Xboxes. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. That's not happening. So anyway, that looks really cool. Like, that yeah. was an exciting thing to see. Um, and, there was oh, a bunch. I think there was actually more, like, co-op-ish stuff in the Microsoft conference than any of the other ones that we saw. Microsoft's big thing was they wanted to show uh, 40... That's what it was. They had so games. many games. It was 40, 40 new games, and 20 of them were exclusive in some way, shape, or form, like launch window exclusive, whatever that right, BS is. Right, right. So, and a lot of them were like one-minute trailers. Yeah. But I I really thought that Microsoft brought it this year. Uh, yeah. They are typically a conference that I'm, I'm not wowed by. Right. I don't think they brought it with the name of their new console. <laughs> it is, eh. by the way, the Xbox One X... It was. Re- it will be replacing the Xbox One S, which is what we have. Yeah, which replaced the Xbox One. Yeah, jeez. It's just, I don't know, man. It's dumb. Pick a different name. Yeah, just do it. Come on, Phil. But so, in addition to Anthem, mm-hmm. um, there was a really long trailer for a game called State of Decay. Yes. Which is a zombie game. Yeah. That is... State of Decay 2. State of Decay 2. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I I am not super familiar with State of Decay. It looks like, I don't know, regular-ish zombies. They run really fast for zombies. There's a few different kinds. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a sequel to the PC hit State of Decay. State of Decay 1 was on Xbox One yeah. as well. Um, it's one of those games that I don't think it'll ever light the world on fire, but right. it has a very dedicated fan base. And but, they're rabid for it. So here's what's interesting. And maybe this was the case with the first one. But I think it has a stronger parallel to like an actual zombie apocalypse concept in the sense that this is also sort of an MMO, right? Like you can play online. Yeah, yeah. And then so you can it's meet other online. people in the environment. It is entirely online. So and- you, what I think is neat is... You've mentioned a few times, like it's basically co-op until you decide you want to turn on the people you're with. Which I think goes against your rules of co-op. That that definitely goes against my rules for establishing a pure co-op. That, mm-hmm. that violates my co-op purity test for sure. <laughs> but it does, I think, map to like one of the big sort of concepts in a zombie apocalypse. Like in a lot of those stories, one of the 
kind of lessons about humanity is about the way that people turn on each other in that situation and like what it's like to be these like small groups of real people Mm -hmm. among this so i think it's kind of interesting to have it be like that rather than um what the game i just finished uh i came crazily no no the (laughs) video game with the zombies oh you're talking about the last of us yeah like compared to the last of us where you get you get like a story presented mm-hmm. to you, like a narrative of the way that people act in this situation, but you get to kind of experience it a little bit more this way. Yeah, State of Decay definitely excels with emergent gameplay and emergent story. Um, one of the things I like about the game is that if you find a place you want to set up camp, like if you find an abandoned church and you want to work together with people to like establish a perimeter and fend off zombies, you can. And if you have friends that want to work together, cool. Yeah. But... It's been my experience that those types of games last for about three months and then the community kind of just like starts trolling each other yeah. and you get into the meta game and Right, it's not, that part is less appealing to me. Yeah. The com- the uh, the NPC is more reliable in that way. Yeah, and, and you know, the, just looking at the notes that you took for the Microsoft conference, they really like, probably most improved player, like give them that award for <laughs> E3 and... I bought an Xbox to play two games that I feel very passionate about, but every multiplayer or every multi-platform game we just get for PS4 because it's yeah. it makes more sense. And I really right. wish that I had more of a reason to support them after this show. But yeah. so they also recently acquired Minecraft. They recently-ish. They bought out Minecraft from Notch, who's a complete asshat. He's a yeah. He's a terrible man. So I'm happy Minecraft is in the hands of people that are not. So they were very excited to tell everybody that it was in 4K, and they were <laughs> making all of these like image enhancements, basically, mm-hmm. um, which you know you can people can have different views on. But it's on the list because we've been discussing like it's not actually co-op it is set up so that it can be kind of a shared experience with Mm -hmm. other players though which i've never actually done i've only played by myself and i even saying played feels weird because it's like building a house of cards or something well yeah it's it's one of those games where once you get outside the tutorial and outside like the first hour and you discover there's a survival mode where there's like zombies so i've never done any of that nonsense it is it is one of my favorite co-op experiences ever but it's one of those things where you need to all agree that you're going to play it as co-op because you could have three people playing and doing their own thing, but one person could go off and do whatever the hell they want. Um, I love Minecraft. I think it's hilarious that they're adding in shaders to make it look better and put it in 4K. Part of the appeal of Minecraft to me is that it looks the way it looks. Right. Uh, But the thing I like that you have written down, cross-platform play. Yeah, that's like their whole... That was their big announcement Mm -hmm. about it, which I'm still curious to see how that's going to work out. But I think... I'm I'm hopeful that that's like a a journey that they will go down in kind of a broader sense. I think in a game like Minecraft where no one is shooting at anyone else really, like you know, the the time lag and stuff that is going to happen mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. try to do like destiny between platforms would be terrible. Would yeah, eventually I think we could get there, but so I'm hopeful that this is a step in that direction. One interesting thing of note is uh, they said it was cross-platform with PC, Switch, Xbox. Mobile. Mobile, but not PlayStation. PlayStation so that has was the closed other thing. the doors. I didn't see PlayStation on there, so I was like, I don't even know if this is really that exciting to me. They they 
rattle off a bunch of malarkey about how they had a responsibility to their subscribers to make sure that it was a great experience and they didn't want like reckless players invading their games and i'm like you it's fine playstation so you're the on other, top the other people that, that use these other systems are just gonna dirty it all up well i mean sure. pl- playstation is winning the console war by like 15 million units at this point they have no reason to share like yeah. their people are buying their console in droves so i i get it but also it's like come on yeah that's also the reason i hate apple though <laughs> that's completely oh, different no. oh it is not yes it is this is a whole you're, different podcast. you're right it's it's not different because playstation anyway uses deep even rock less galactic proprietary stuff yes oh, deep boy. rock galactic was also one of the it was one of the games in one one of their montages of trying to cram 40 new games into the yeah and let's be honest, we don't know a ton about it, but it yeah. looks like Starship Troopers plus Armageddon when it's they funny drill into the rock. That you said that because like I didn't get that at all. They're fighting giant spiders. See, I they're like in these big clunky, cartoony looking suits. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit of almost of No Man's Sky or something. The way yeah. they're like running around looking at stuff. I'm, but it is co op. It's co-op up to four people, and the general gist is that you are these explorers that land on a planet, and you're trying to excavate it and get out with, like, the minerals and loot that you find inside the planet. So kind of like a space pirates thing, but along the way... Crystal caves? Yeah. And, (laughs) And, like, there's aliens inside the planet, and there's... You need to help each other mine through Mm -hmm. the core and if you don't have everyone together it's going to take a longer time which means the enemies can get to you quicker sounds like a cool game in theory we didn't see enough of it to really make a judgment call yeah it's on our radar now though so we'll we'll be looking closely at it i would like to play it i i don't know if i want to pay for it if someone gave it to me for free sure Sure. yeah um sea of thieves i think you were really excited about dude i've been so excited so first off i love pirate games and this was a generous year for pirate games Sea of Thieves ha- uh, was announced two or three years ago. It's made by Rare, the same people that make Banjo-Kazooie, that made Goldeneye, that made Perfect Dark. Right. And, and it ju- definitely has that rare that appearance. Look. Yeah. So of, like cartoony mm-hmm. life. Yeah. It's like not quite Pixar, but better than DreamWorks animation. Dang. What? It's you true. just threw down the gauntlet. Yeah. Well, whatever. They're rare. They're great. Um, it's so unusual. So everybody in Sea of Thieves is a pirate, and you all have different positions on your pirate ship and what you want to do is go around the different islands and find some loot get some booty but there might be some opposing pirate ships there might be some some villagers that want to stop you along the way you just want to get in get the loot get out get back on the ship and it just looks whimsical yeah it does look whimsical af for sure it also spawned like your favorite gif of all time (laughs) or something there's a point in this trailer where like i guess one of the pirates is eating a banana but it's first person so you just see this like hand bring an unpeeled banana directly into the face hole and stem uh, first stem first he eats it stem first yeah and so um griffin mcelroy of the notorious mcelroy clan um he recreated that in real life it was horrific yeah the sound it made 
I haunts my dreams. Was, I didn't hear any sound. That's oh, horrifying. God. It's awful. I just don't think that eating a banana skin is probably good for you. I, I think it's one of those fruits where you can eat the entire thing, but it's not recommended. Then, then like, the skin never comes out. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just stays inside you. You have extra intestines now. That's so much fiber, I think. I don't yeah. know. That's like... Well, isn't it like you could eat all of the orange if you really wanted to? It would be fine. I guess probably. I know but, you can eat a whole apple. Yeah, but like I don't I don't think you're supposed to have that whole banana. I don't think so. Like no. I said, I don't think it ever comes out after it's, that. It's bad, real bad. Um, anyway, Sea of Thieves looks Sea of Thieves looks interesting. And also, um they when they were announcing it, they were very careful to call it a shared player experience game and not a co-op. So I think it's like Maybe this is like going back to Liz's rules for co-op purity, where it doesn't actually you you don't have to work together, but mm-hmm. you can kind of like like what happens in Destiny if you see that some people are working through a particular quest that you want to do, you can like jump in with them, mm-hmm. but you don't, you're still really doing it separately. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious to hear more about that. I was sort of ambivalent, like it's neat. I wasn't sure if I would want to play it after the trailer. That banana thing, man. I yeah, just can't. it's scarred my life. But <laughs> I pretty much love everything Rare has done, so. Yeah. Yeah. So they also had a trailer for a game called Cuphead, which has been in the works for many years, like right? Like two or three years now. They debuted it at the Microsoft conference two years ago, and it just said coming soon, and it's been coming soon for a long time. Yeah, and so Cuphead, I had, didn't know anything about it, and I still don't know very much, but it looks just like, um, like what are those? Mickey cartoon. Yeah, they're they're not called, they're like Melody Time or something. Those, yeah, no, it's totally really Melody old, Time, yeah. Those really old um Like before cartoons. Mickey was Mickey. Yeah, like where there's, they were actually... Steamboat Willie, stuff Steamboat like that. Steamboat Willie, and then there were like water babies that were actually like babies on lily pads and all that stuff it's really really cool looking yeah like it looks just like those cartoons that's a really like already i'm sold based on the way it looks so it plays like an old school side-scrolling contra type game it looks like it might have elements of a shooter hell game plus contra yeah. uh it's developed it's- by studio um mdhr I know it's a series of letters. Uh, it yeah. is. Studio yeah. MDHR. Studio MDHR. And, and Wikipedia calls it a run-and-gun platform indie video game. Totally, yeah. Um, and it's in the style of 1930s cartoons. There you go. Yeah. And it's one of those games where the look of the game is so intriguing that a lot of people are going to want to play it immediately. Yeah. I so worry about the length and like the, what the it's actual actually content. going to be like. I mean, like I said, I think it's going to be cool enough to look at while you're playing mm-hmm. that I'll play it. For those of you that are not familiar with the cartoons based on how we're <laughs> describing them, um, the defining feature of this style is rubber hose limbs, arms, and sometimes legs that are typically simple flowing curves without articulation. Um, you've probably seen something like that. Really, yeah. even the old Popeye cartoons are a little bit like that. Totally. Olive yeah. oil is like all... Yeah, she, it, it's like Kermit arms. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Um, so that looks really cool. Do yourself a favor and just look at it. (laughs) If nothing else. Just look at it. Yeah. Um, and then the last two that I have on my list for the Microsoft conference were, they're not strictly co-op, but we 
in earlier episodes of this show have talked about Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. That might have even been my game of the year last year. Life is Strange is it's a game that I think about all the time. Right. And this was one where we sat on the couch together and played through this whole story in and we, trance. Just we, amazed with Yeah. It. We like worked together to make the decisions that you make in the story. In this choose your own adventure game. Right. And then we just passed the controller back and forth between chapters. So they've made a prequel. So they're making a sequel to the actual game the, that will be longer. The prequel that we're going to talk about is made by an, an adjacent studio, but the sequel is being developed by the original uh, developers Don't Nod. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to remember the name of this prequel. It's called Before the Storm. Before the Storm, which makes sense if you played Life is yeah. Strange. In, our, in Life is Strange, you're in Arcadia Bay and... The a big looming is brewing, threat is basically. that there's a tornado. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, so that looks really cool. Like, I didn't know to expect anything like that anytime soon, and it's it's coming out soon. It's com- So it's coming out in August, the first yeah. episode. So all the episodes will be out by the end of the year. But as soon as we saw this on screen, I was like, Liz, 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 Liz. Yeah, it was really <laughs> cool to see. So I'm very excited for that. And then there's another game called Tacoma, Mm -hmm. which is the same people that made another game that we played. Gone Home. Gone Home, which we talked about in the same episode where we talked about Life is Strange, I think. It's one of those... um, It's a walking simulator. It's a walking simulator where you like come into the house... And the house is all dark, and you're trying to like basically figure out what happened in your family's home when you what were there. What a great there. game! It's really, mm. it's a really cool story. So we really liked that, and that was another one that that we sort of had like a shared experience playing it. Like we, it's a one person game, but you can pass the controller back and forth or sort of talk through what's going on mm-hmm. as you're observing. So this new game, we don't really know a lot about it. We don't know if it's going to be like that. It's it looks like it might be based on the trailer. I don't know why it's called Tacoma, but it takes place in like a space station mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And um, it looks really interesting. It was a really short trailer, but Which everything Which has been that, their MO for ever since they announced it. Yeah. And I mean, this studio does really great work. Like, I think it's going to be a really interesting and unique perspective that you get from that story. So I'm excited to see what comes out. This studio, uh, the Fulbright Company, pretty much... I kind of look at them as a super studio because so many people that work at that studio have put time in on other games that are very notable and they've got a lot of really great key people with a lot of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why Gone Home was so powerful is because it was unlike anything we'd seen before. Yeah. And Tacoma takes place in outer space on a space station or something like we both love that setting. So I am, I'm I'm in day one. Yeah. I want to play it. I want to, Eat that story up. I want to see what's going on. Yeah. So that brings us to the Sony conference, which is... Ubisoft came before Sony, but they didn't really have a whole... Yeah, you know, I didn't have a, any... Unless any, you want to play Just Dance. Right. I didn't have anything written down from Ubisoft and Bethesda. The Bethesda conference was really interesting. Like, if you are a person who works in PR or advertising and like I think it's really interesting to see the video that they put together it's like a 40 minute conference that's all it was it was it's just totally worth checking it out because I think that the the way that marketing did that was really great um, um and I just I know there's no co-op games at Bethesda but I need I need to talk about Wolfenstein the new Colossus 
Go for it. Oh my god, it looks amazing. You can kill so many Nazis in this game, and they bring over one of the coolest characters from the first game, Anya. This time she's pregnant, but like that's not going to keep her down. She's still killing Nazis. And like, there's another dude who's tripping on acid. So like, during parts of the game, he's seeing like animated people come onto this battlefield, and he's like talking to them and also shooting Nazis. It's basically, it's basically the Man in the High Castle if it all took place in 1950s America and it was a shooter. I wow. can't wait. It looks <laughs> so cool. I I was sitting on the couch and I was like, Liz, where did you go? This is the best thing I've ever seen. I'm uh, so happy you're happy. I was, I'm so, so excited. Uh, but yeah, check out Bethesda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ubisoft, similar. I don't remember seeing anything that... Ubisoft had the best conference. Like, hands down, the the best packaged conference. Right. I'm trying to think of anything that was co-op, though. And I Far Cry think... 5 is co-op. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's co-op, but it's kind of... It doesn't... So you, you have rules of co-op. And my main rule for video game co-op is that you can't just add another avatar of the player and plop them into the world and not change much else. Far Cry 4 had the same co-op thing where you could just drop into somebody else's game and help them out with a mission. It's co-op, but none of the parameters for the missions change. It's just essentially you're very overpowered for whatever objective you're trying to do. Um, So Far Cry 5 has co-op. I don't feel like that's the way that game is meant to be played. That's not the way I'll play the game. That seems like it could be interesting for people who are like, if one person feels like they're stuck somewhere or something like that. Yeah, it's just, it's just not, it doesn't have that meat, you know? Sorry. And you need that meat. I need that meat if I want to be in Far Cry 5. Yeah, need it. Uh, Ubisoft also had that PvP-based pirate game that looked like Sea of Thieves but for mature hard-ass adults. <laughs> yeah, it was called uh, Skull and Crossbones. Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones, I think. Yeah. Lady Pirate. Lady yeah. Pirate. That one looked interesting. I don't. That wasn't co-op, I don't think. Was it? People had told me it was co-op, but every video I see it looks like it's uh, 1v1 PvP. Yeah. Yeah. But that's another one to keep your eye on. See what that's going to be like. So, uh, the Sony conference, that is, right, the Sony conference is uh, our raison d'etre, that is, we we had a bunch of people over. Well, wait, wait, but before we get to the main event, we should hear about another show in the Versus the Universe Network. Oh, you're right, we should do that. Yeah, so we're just going to make you wait a little bit. Yeah. But you're going to hear about that show right about now. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Dave Martin. And we bring you Digital Dumpster Diving. Every episode, we bring you the best... And sometimes the worst... ...of movies and games that you may not have heard of, but hopefully will be worth your time. And since we find free games, as well as movies that are included with popular services, it won't break the bank either. Check out Digital Dumpster Diving on iTunes only on the Versus the Universe podcast network. I had a burp that was stuck. And it's just like remaining stuck forever. Well, uh, we recorded that, so I'm just going to keep it in there. Good. All right, good. All right. Sony conference. Yeah. So the most important thing that happened in the Sony conference (laughs) is that they announced new (laughs) DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn. Somehow I knew that was coming. And Jesus wept. And Jesus wept. (laughs) It was beautiful. So I'm pretty excited about that. You were walking away from the TV, and I went, Liz! And then I turned, and I was like, (gasps) 
<laughs> it was adorable. Yeah. It was a great moment. One of the yeah. bingo tiles for the Sony bingo was uh, Horizon DLC is announced in parentheses and Liz explodes. Yeah. It was good. I'm excited. It looks awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to get some more Aloy in my life. <laughs> that is sadly not co-op. No, but... It's just co-op between your head and your heart. <laughs> I enjoyed watching you. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, however, they did announce a couple of things that are co-op. Really cool things. Yeah, so so first, Destiny 2, which had been announced, but we saw some footage from it. It was just a, a bigger scissor reel of what Bungie put out about a month or two ago. Just told us more of what we already know. You're going to be in yeah. fire teams of three, taking on people the same way you did Destiny 1, but it looks hot as hell. Yeah, it looks cool. It still doesn't look as good as Anthem. I, but. I don't... Mm, it's so... I can't. Don't don't make me choose. Like, it's going to be so terrible for me to have to choose between Destiny right. and Anthem with my time. It's going to be fine. Uh, God. So they also announced Knack 2, which you know a little bit more about than I do. Yes. I don't really... I had never heard of Knack, but do you want to explain like what Knack even is? Knack is... Uh, it, it's it's kind of hard. I have to pick like the right angle to come at Knack from. But Knack 1 was a launch title for the PS4. And okay. Sony was angling for Knack, the cute little hero at the center yeah, of the so game. Yeah, so what, what does Knack look like? Knack is like this two-foot-tall, like, he's got a belly that's a sphere. He's got a weird, impish cartoon face. And his arms and legs are like triangles that aren't connected yeah, to his body. I get the impression they called him that because it's supposed to look like he's made up of knickknacks. Knickknacks. Yeah. Yeah. And he does have this interesting thing where he's like it reminds me of Katamari yeah, Damacy. He's, he's he totally like a Katamari. absorbs stuff like, and then destroy gets a box yeah. and then absorb the stuff from the box and become bigger and eventually he becomes like this big hulking creature. Right. Um the first game's okay. It plays a lot like a mid nineties Nintendo sixty four platformer. Uh, and it's it's fine. The lead developer is a man named Mark Cerny, who actually developed most of the architecture for the PS4. He's incredibly smart. He's a genius. He's made so many great games in his lifetime. So this was very, very hyped up. Everyone wanted to play Knack. Mm-hmm. Then it came out. Nobody wanted to play it. And so they did they say before it came out like that they thought this was going to be... Because what you told me is that they were positioning Knack to be like a mascot the, yeah like the yeah. Sony Mario and or... it just it just never it just never took off yeah and it's it's funny because there's this there's a small there's a small group of internet fans that love Knack and stand by Knack and just think he's the best thing but they also kind of acknowledge that the game's not that hot so when they announced the sequel they said, Everyone was like, why? Yeah, like, yeah. why are you doing this? But Mark Cerny came out and said, like, we listened specifically to the feedback. We made the co-op better. So the co-op in this game, they'll add in a second Knack character, but they change p- parts of the stages to accommodate two people. Right. Um, and he said that they uh, changed a lot of the difficulty parameters and uh, the checkpoint system, which a lot of people took umbrage with. And I believe that man. Like, Mark Cerny doesn't lie. E3 is not a place for lies. It's a place for hopes, dreams, and truth. I don't know about that, but I think that sounds like it could be an interesting co-op for, up to, for us to try. Yeah, I, it's one of those games where like the normal PS4 game price is $60. I bought the first one for 5 bucks because it tanks so bad. Yeah. I'll play that game. I'll buy it when it's 20 bucks, and we'll yeah. try it. But I, yeah. I don't want to play full price. Well, you may hear more from us about Knack in the future. Yeah. But... 
we have a couple of other really interesting games to talk about. So I just realized this isn't even on my list, but before we even got to E3, Mm -hmm. the week leading up to it, you were like, there's one thing that I want to do before (laughs) E3 this year. I want to platinum until dawn. It's such a good game. And we've, and we've, we've talked, talked about, about it a yeah, lot. Yeah, we've talked about it before because it's like Aaron's favorite game and or one of them. Yeah. Um, and it is, you know, it's like a teenage slasher horror movie that you're like living through from the perspective of each of these teenagers. You're just a lot of, yeah. So well it's made. It's so incredibly well done. In the studio that made it, they're called Supermassive Games. Right. The games they made before Until Dawn we're not like ambitious at all. They yeah. were like a kind of a crappy PSVR move game, uh, and like another puzzle game. So when Until Dawn came out, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna try to make this work. Right. Let's see if it's good." And then it blew me the fuck away. And it's crazy because they had like several games that were announced at E3. They had four. It games. was so weird. But so one of them looks like I hypothesized that it might be a prequel to Until Dawn. You were so good with this. Oh man, I think. So I don't want to get into it because I don't want to give away any of the Until Dawn story, but it looks like it takes place. It's 60 years before. Yeah, it looks like it takes place in one of the settings that's in Until Dawn, but 60 years before. And if you've played the game, you'll be able to figure out what it is. And so you're, it's called Inpatient. Yes. which And uh, it looks really good. And it's a PSVR game. So yeah. like, <laughs> is it only PSVR? Yeah. So oh, what I imagine sad. happening is I'll play it with the headset on it, and you'll watch the TV. Yeah. And just be like, oh, oh I'm glad no. I'm not playing. This. Yeah. But they also have a game coming out. Mm-hmm. Did you yawn? I did. Jesus. Oh no. Is Hidden Agenda? That's them, right? Yes. So Hidden Agenda, aside from like aside from A Way Out, which I think we absolutely are going to play and talk about on the show. Hidden Agenda was the co-op, like the very specifically co-op game that got me the most excited. Mm-hmm. It's they took the parts that they really seem to have learned a lot from the way that Until Dawn did. One of the things that happens in Until Dawn is occasionally when you're playing, you'll have a decision. And the decision might be like abandon your friend and go hide by yourself, or both of you hide together. Mm-hmm. And you pick one or the other and that like can determine the way like that determines your fate in the game. What they did with Hidden Agenda is it's like a detective thriller kind of situation, yeah, I, right? I think like seven. It really reminded me of the movie Seven. Okay. And and you actually have I couldn't tell that anybody's actually controlling any characters. No, it doesn't look like you're controlling anybody, but let's say you walk into a room and one of the scenarios they put forth in the trailer is help your partner, help your cop partner, or arrest the uh, arrest or arrest a perp. Right. And then people on their phone, and nobody has a controller. Right. People on their phone are dialed into this server people specifically in the room. made for your game. Right. Right. And they select what they want to do. Yeah. So. So then it's you're actually based, you're voting with the people that are in the room. I'm curious what they what their tiebreaker mechanism is. Well, but. it's it's up to five people. Um, and what I would wager is that if you're playing with an even number of people, they might factor in previous choices. Or something. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I'm curious about that. But it looks awesome. And like it, it basically 
takes what we did when we played Until Dawn and makes it a part of the game where you actually have to all vote and then whatever you and your friends end up deciding, that's what it does. So I'm super pumped to see like what they Until Dawn tells a really great story. It has a lot of twists and turns that you don't see coming. I think Hidden Agenda is going to be the same way. They're really good storytellers. And I know when they were making Until Dawn, they focused a lot on um, consumer reactions. Like mm-hmm. they tested mm-hmm. that a lot. And I have a feeling they did that a lot with Hidden Agenda too. So that's that's really high on our list. I'm super pumped to, to see what that game is like. So that type of game is something that Sony is experimenting a lot with right now called PlayLink. Yeah. Where essentially... Uh, you buy the disc, you put it in the PS4, but then you don't use a PS4 controller. One of the things that I've heard from a lot of people that aren't too familiar with games is that you take a look at the PlayStation controller, the Xbox controller, even a Nintendo controller, there's a lot of buttons. It's very daunting for some people. But your controller is your phone. Right. So you go to this website on your phone. It's dialed into whatever game session you have. And then that's your controller. And I think that's such a genius thing to do. They've got five titles coming out for PlayLink. They showed two of them at their E3 pre-show. And two of them were from Supermassive Games who did the Inpatient and Until Dawn. Yeah. Uh, Like, Sony, why not just buy the studio and make them a second-party studio? It... It's just maddening to me that they're not acting on this. Maybe they don't this. want it. But th- I'm super thrilled that this style of game is getting more notice. It's Jackbox. I think it is. So that's what I was going to say. We love playing Jackbox. I know we've talked about that on the show before, too. And this, to me, it was this incredibly innovative concept that they had of you're playing a trivia game, but everyone is playing on their phone. It has taken off. I mean, it's been amazing for them, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, people love this concept, and especially because it allows a bunch of people to join in. It makes it really easy to participate. You mm-hmm. don't have this. Because even if you don't think the buttons are daunting, like, it takes a while to get used to a controller. Like, I'm very used to the PS4 controller, but I'm not very used to the Xbox controller. It doesn't mean I don't play games. It's just not as comfortable for me, but... Mm-hmm. The phone mechanic is much easier. So and everybody has a phone. Like yeah. everyone will be able to play. Yeah. So um or you know, many people most people have phones. Sure. So so these games I think keep your eye out for additional play link games. Um Sony I'm, didn't yeah. get enough credit for for those games. They yeah, should have I mean, shown they them. Slid on stage. Them into that. Yeah. But I think I think going forward you're gonna find those kinds of things get main stage mm-hmm. play absolutely depending on how this stuff does yeah i think um and then i think that was it for the sony that conference. was it for sony but we had the big dog we had one more after nintendo nintendo and that was during the day that was another just like a video that they made so nintendo stopped doing e3 press conferences three to four years ago after they announced nintendo land for the wii u and they got such a tepid reaction um, there's a great meme of Reggie fils from Nintendo announcing Nintendo Land to no applause, and it was the end of their show. It was terrible. And every year since then, they've done what they call a Nintendo Direct, where they make a jam-packed video full of news, announcements, and interviews, and they'll release that. And a lot of people have uh, given Nintendo shit for this in recent years because they're not doing a conference because Nintendo kind of like falls in their face for live conferences a lot. But it really allows them to control a message and only disseminate information that they want out there. 
and then they spend the rest of E3 showcasing demos. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really worked. Bethesda just about copied this with their press conference with Bethesda Land. And I, I, it really makes me wonder, like, Nintendo is either always the biggest idiot. like, <laughs> Or they're way ahead. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Bossman from Easy Allies always says that Nintendo is like a big, dumb elephant. That, like, whenever they walk into a room, they might be destroying the structure of the room. But you can't take your eyes off them because they're doing something so crazy. Yeah. And, man, this Direct, I I was... I think they saved this E3 from being like kind of a mediocre E3. Dang. Yeah, I'll say it. Someone had to say it. I'll say it. I I they they did a lot of stuff with the rabbits, which doesn't that do game much looks for me. Fun. Okay, but... like like haters gonna hate. I think that game's gonna be fun. Whatever. But in terms of co-op, yeah, there was really only one game. Yeah, Kirby. My boy, my beautiful boy. Right. It's going to be cool to play Kirby again. It's yeah. been a long time. What's the last Kirby game you played? I never like owned a Kirby game and played the whole thing. Really? I played pieces of them. Yeah. So I don't know. Kirby in Dreamland? Is that a game? Yeah. I mean, I my favorite OG Game Boy game is actually Kirby's Pinball Land. I love that pinball game. And it's so weird that it's Kirby. Uh, but I played Kirby's Dreamland endlessly on my game boy i've never actually played a kirby game on a console um just because i don't know i I want the pinball game Mm -hmm. uh but kirby it looks like a side-scrolling kirby game a lot like legend of the seven stars Uh, and it's it's co-op in the fact that one person can be kirby and another person can be one of kirby's friends and the levels are staged so that you absolutely need another person to advance through some of them some of the gameplay mechanics that they showed was uh there would be a faucet throwing down water and Kirby can't get past. So your co-op friend has to go under with an umbrella, block the water while Kirby goes through, things like that. The that's Kirby good. games have always been very simple, but charming as fuck. Like, yeah, oh. no, that's good. And it sounds like it meets Liz's test for co-op. Parody. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's definitely going to be one that we play. I'm curious to see how the, the switch factors into that. Yeah. So the they thing... Didn't- talk a lot about the switch i felt like every game they showed except for one was a switch title okay um and what nintendo has said since then in terms of multiplayer and co-op is that every switch has two controllers built into it so they can do whatever they want it's just a matter of i don't think they want to tell us yet yeah i would i would bet that there is a co-op or multiplayer function in the new super mario game that they unveiled yeah, that'll be interesting. Oh my god, you take over a T-Rex. Yeah, that game looks bonkers. I lost my mind. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and new Metroid? What's you going on there? See, you can't see, but he's doing crazy things with his arm. I can't. A new Metroid. Um, also, I, one of my favorite parts of the Nintendo conference was a day earlier, Liz was saying, I just, I really want to play a cute game. What was that Yoshi game? Oh and, man! And you were talking about Yoshi. I was talking about it during during our Sony E3 viewing. <laughs> I was like, "Man, I used to love." Someone brought up Yoshi when we were talking about Mario, and I said, "One of my favorite games on the N64 was Yoshi Land, Yoshi, Yoshi's, Yoshi's Story." Oh, Yoshi's Story! And I loved it. And you were all the different colors of Yoshi, and it was so cool. And lo and behold. They announced a Yoshi game. And you said, I made this happen. With my mind. <laughs> made me very happy. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, E3 wasn't huge for a lot of co-op games, but the ones that they showed I thought were very strong. Yeah, I I really feel like we got a lot of stuff. When you, when you consider that sometimes it's hard for us to find good video like, games, co-op yeah. video games, um, there were several things that passed the co-op purity test i think for at least appeared to so between a way out and hidden agenda i'm chomping at the bit to play those and those are games that not yeah. not only have co-op but require co-op well liz what do you say we take a visit to the old credits department okay let's go all right well everybody this podcast is produced every other week for your enjoyment come back often and feel free to add the cooperative podcast to your favorite podcatcher Reviews are very welcome and help the show succeed. You can also follow us on Twitter at CooperativesPod and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CooperativesPod. If there's a particular game you think we should play and discuss, please don't hesitate to send us an email at CooperativesPod at Gmail or leave us a message on social media. I want to give a very special shout out to all of our Patreon subscribers. You can find out more about our Patreon by going to Patreon.com slash Versus the Universe. A big extra special shout out to Danny Solaris Thanks, for being Danny. one of our podcast producers through Patreon. Without his support, we would not be able to give you this show, Panels on Channels, Ferris in the Land, or Digital Dumpster Diving. And also, uh, the Versus the Universe Podcast Network will have a few new shows coming to it by the end of the year. All thanks to your support from Patreon. So, thank you. Thank you. All the links to the games we talked about will be in the show notes. And we'll be back in two weeks with a brand spanking new episode for you. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. Liz, thank you for watching E3 with me. Aaron, thank you for bringing me into the E3 life. Always. You sunk my battleship. Bye. Bye.